smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Johnster. We're here and we've got a bit of a thrilling episode ahead Ooh, of ourselves. It's not I Michael. So. We're not talking about Michael Jackson's famous video, but we are talking about thrillers. It's funny you say that because it wasn't until you mentioned it right before we started rolling that realize? I realized everything in that music video is horror related, not thriller related. Oh my God, it is too. Shit. Yeah, Michael Jackson, you lied to us. Uh, yes, he did. And John Landis too. Uh, oh yeah. He directed that. Yeah. Uh, we have, Josh is away this week, but we have our ever, ever guesting producer, Zane. Ever guesting ever- producer. <laughs> ever guesting. That sounds that like is- a cool verb. Yeah. In the, is, <laughs> people will always go like, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> well, it's definitely not special. You're not a special <laughs> You're not guest. special. As per your request, you're not the special guest. You are the ever guest. The but Ever Guest. The Ever Guest. Yeah, I'll put it on. That sounds like a cool comic book, like The Ever Guest. And it's like, yeah, you know, I was thinking video Like game, a Neil Gaiman book. And it's just the guy that goes on every podcast ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mysteriously, he guests on every podcast without the podcast hosts knowing. <laughs> uh, but uh, before we talk about our thrilling topic, we're going to ask, what have you been watching? And Zane, what have you been watching? I have recently watched all of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, great. Oh, really? Yeah. Including the new, new season, season four? No, just up to end of season three. Okay, cool. Do you like it? I originally, the first four episodes, really liked. It was light and interesting and funny. Then it got annoying. (laughs) Then it got okay again. (laughs) (laughs) Then it got real, which I really liked. Then it got weird Season two? Uh, Beginning of season three where she has a spoiler alert breakdown. Um, that was, yep. they, they spent a lot of time on it. They did really respectfully, uh, but did not pull any punches. Uh, and it was really, really well done. Okay. Cool. I'm, I've like, I'm like two or three episodes into season three, just before like Josh comes back from the church thing. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I need to finish it because it's about to finish and I feel like I should just get there and do it. But I was, it, it is, it's a very up and down show, which Maybe by design, you know, maybe, are they trying to maybe, maybe do that? Uh, but I I don't think so. I think it's just a matter of different people writing different episodes because I think it is, it's never like an arc wide thing that is kind of like this yeah. whole arc was terrible. It was just kind of this episode really sticks out. Like there was one that I just couldn't watch. Um, the one where she realized she had no money because she hadn't opened her bank account in like 12 years. I'm like, you have signed leases in that time. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. If, things just don't magically happen. If you tell people, no, don't worry. I have money. It's fine. It, yeah. You need, yeah. you're, you're a, you're a lawyer. <laughs> you, you, you deal with other people's finances day to day. Like, you know how money works. Yeah. Like I just had to like, no, this, the whole premise just doesn't work. I just want to kill it. Yeah. And so I stopped watching for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> One Any- episode can do that to you. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Oh, you- uh, look, uh, Sabrina, I've been to the movies a couple of times, saw Fantastic Beasts. Oh, yeah. How was um, it? A bit of a mess. Okay. A bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, I think Harry Potter fans are, Gonna are the kind of, I think they're, they're, they're the kind of people that can switch off. Yeah. And just enjoy what's on the screen. Well, everyone seems to still like Half Blood Prince, so you know. I mean, if you dig even a little into the actual plot or ideas in the movie, yeah. it makes zero and sense. And have you seen how like people are showing that like the timeline now does not add up with the Harry Potter universe yeah. because McGonagall is negative six years old in the timeline of but yeah. she shows up in Grindelwald. I, I, it's like I knew in, that. she's always out of focus. Sorry, I saw it too, but I'll talk about it next week. Um and but technically, according to the timeline that was set up, she's meant to be ne- she's negative six years old at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, she mm-hmm. was only there for like fan service, and so it just yeah yeah. And there was there was a whole plot line added in that honestly, like the main plot line that the movie focused on, made no sense. Yeah, 
I agree. Zero, yeah. zero sense. If you want to hear me yell about this, just listen to Second Take's episode on it <laughs> because I do yell about it for a fair bit. Because uh, yeah. See, I didn't listen to the episode because I hadn't seen it yet and I'm pretty sure you guys posted it <laughs> saying, here's our spoiler full. Yeah, it is spoiler full. So yeah. Yeah. watch it first. Look, if you enjoy Harry Potter films, you'll enjoy it. If like, I'm enjoy- a completionist. I'm going to watch them all even though I feel like this franchise is already like yeah. dying. They quiet. had a lot of great cats in it. I want oh. all the cats. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's yeah. that's what I've been watching. Chancellor, what have you been watching? Uh, so I've been just going through. Uh, I think because it was right after we had recorded our IT uh, our um, sitcom episode, so I've been watching the IT Crowd, just going oh, yes. through all that because I still haven't. Whose creator seen. has become horribly problematic? Look, as I haven't of late. googled it any. I haven't googled <laughs> it yet because you mentioned that when we recorded the episode, and I was like, just don't find out. You don't find uh, he's, he's okay. a turf. No, don't say this. He's a I turf. don't need to know. <laughs> but yeah, so I had I had to rewatch the whole series so I can watch the um uh the the that last episode, the special that they did, oh, the one okay, hour yeah. one. Um, and for that exact same reason, I'm also rewatching all of Red Dwarf. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, because I haven't seen uh Back to Earth and season ten, and I'm pretty sure 11's out now. Mm. So I've got to watch them. You know, completionist. And or I haven't watched Grindelwald, so yeah, because my my wife is very much against Johnny Depp, and I don't blame her. So am I, but I at least want to see the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Shane? What have you been uh, watching? Watching quite a lot. I watched The Meg. Uh, oh, cool. How was it? Not as silly as I wanted it to be. It kind of <laughs> takes itself a lot more seriously than I oh, than the trailer would have you believe because that. not like the music that played in the trailer. I was like, yeah. if this is the music they're scoring it with, this is a movie I can get behind, and it's not. It takes itself a lot more seriously. It requires a lot of oh. characters who are supposed to be like the world's leading scientists to be unfathomably stupid. Yeah, uh, and uh, like it's fine. It's not good though it's that's, fine that's a bummer for me yeah uh, yeah you you know it's a um a book series yeah and, and i don't fr- know how you stretch that beyond but like it gets to a point where like spoilers but not really about like an hour into this two hour movie they kill the shark and you're like well there's an hour left so clearly it's not the only shark and then surprise surprise a bigger one rocks up but also the shark's not as big as the trailers make it out to be the shark's actually it's big but it's mm. not so ginormous as the trailer would have had you think it's really uh, weird it looks smaller in the final film than it did in the trailer that's dumb <laughs> i know is there at least a scene like in megalodon 3 when john barrowman says why don't i take you home and eat your pussy no not even a well little bit. fuck it then i'm not <laughs> interested uh, i watched the first two episodes of the netflix slash bbc show bodyguard with oh, yeah, Richard how was that? Madden. Uh, the first episode is really good, really tense, really well done, slightly Islamophobic, oh, but good. but it's like it's good drama. And then in the second episode, they have this plot come into it, which I quit on because I'm not having it. Like spoiler alert, he starts fucking the lady he's bodyguarding, and because he was trying to maybe maybe not kill her, but now they're fucking. And I was like, I don't want a love story. I came in here for a cool thriller, and no, nah. so god. But the first episode is really good. So if you want like an an interesting tense pilot. It's it's pretty good. Uh, I rewatched Up because I'm about to participate in the Disney vs. Disney podcast. <laughs> and uh, that movie is a masterpiece. It's one of my favorites of all time. I cried again. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I watched Suspiria, the yes, remake. Awesome. Luca Guadagnino's rem- It's The plot makes more sense than the, act- the original Suspiria. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot less colorful. Uh, there's a lot. The, the, especially like the first hour of this two and a two hour forty minute movie is mm. pretty dull. Yeah, the, there's a couple of set pieces. The first dance is really cool. The way and the way they connect the dance to the witchcraft is actually better. Oh, there's, awesome. there's a sense to why they are. It's a dance school. It's not just we're doing dance and then secretly we're like stabbing people. There's like a connection between the dance and the witchcraft. Um, and the performance is really good. The makeup is really good, and the end set piece yeah blood soaked head explodingly amazing set Ah. piece is really really excellent it's just there's a lot of fat that could have gone and the movie could have still felt deliberately slowly paced yeah even if you cut out like 40 minutes of this especially in the first end it's just very kind of uh how was uh tilda swinton not tilda swinton Good. Uh, I think a third character is actually one of my favorites. The one, it's just a, it's an end character. I, I assume comes in with more makeup than even the old man one, and it's it's cool. 
but um, she's she's really good, and so is Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson is actually oh, cool. quite good throughout. Uh, then I watched uh, the Blues Brothers, which I had first seen time? for the first time. Oh, wow. uh, Alex, my cinematographer, okay, yeah. sure <laughs> put me onto it, it and. Fuck, I love this movie. Okay, cool. It's so good. It's so well shot. It's so absurdist. The fucking car chases are amazing. I was like, how have I taken so long? Because it just, every time someone talks about the Blues Brothers, it sounds like a different kind of movie than what it is. Yeah, I was going to say, did you listen? Because the second take did a episode about it, right? Yeah. I yeah. forced everyone to watch Do you the like Blues it? Brothers. I love the Blues oh, Brothers. Oh, good, good. Yeah, it's a fucking great movie. I was like, damn, I really regret not watching this sooner. But it was really, really fun. And it was really fun to watch it with someone who's like such a, he, Alex is like a diehard fan yeah. of this movie. Did he make you watch Blues Brothers 2000? No, no. I've heard oh, it's terrible. It is um, so bad. But then I also watched the pilot of a show called Tell Me a Story. It's a very terrible title for a very interesting show. It's Kevin Williamson's new show for CBS All Access. And it's taking like fairy tales, like the three little pigs, Red Riding Hood, the Billy Goats, Graf, mm. then transposing them as a modern uh, metropolitan thriller kind of thing of these interweaving stories and, and crimes and things like that. Is it realism or is it still fantasy? Realism. There's no, oh, okay. there's no so, fantasy. So it's, it's, so it's, it's just a like, thriller. Um, like, like, for example, there's three guys who put on pig masks and they're, bank- they're robbing a bank. Okay, and cool. then there's like the baker and his wife kind of story. It, 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 it all, that's really cool. It's a really interesting concept. I think the title is... A, Abysmal. It does not sell the tone of the story, but I couldn't think of another one. Watch the pilot. I'm really interested. It's got a really great cast. It's got yeah. um, James Walk. It's got uh, from, uh, who do you know him from? He's Max's boyfriend in Happy Endings, the one that lasts for a couple of seasons where everyone loves them more than Max. Right, okay, yeah. Um, they've got uh, the guy who's the pr- the prince from Into the Woods, not Chris Pine, the other yep, one. the other one, yeah. And, um, and Game Night, he's from Game Night as well. And then a couple of other really interesting actors. It's good. Like I, I'm, I'm down to watch the, where it goes. Uh, and then, and this is a bit of a shameful one to admit, I'm addicted to Jeopardy on Netflix. Oh, I, I, I know. <laughs> Holy why, crap. Why, what? Why, are you, why is that shameful? Because it's like a reality. It's like, a, it's, it's not a reality. It's a game it's a show. Game it's a game show. show, quiz show, which like, it's more intellectual, but I find myself like yelling the answers out before the people, especially when it's like movie categories. And I know all of them. <laughs> oh my God. And then I'm sitting there going, no, you make it a true daily double Kristen and you get back in the game. Like it's really, I get How into it. How old are you? I know. I'm like a seven year old man, but it's really fun. And it's like a tournament of champions. So they like do like three matches and then the winners of each throws three, then do two rounds of a finalist thing. And it's all on Netflix and it's addicting as hell. I love it. It's really When you say it's all on Netflix, do you mean like the- No, no, it's uh, like from season like 23 or whatever the hell it is on the moment. But there's there's a lot on Netflix and I'm just like burning through it. I'm just like, yes. Sorry, just talking about game shows, it's really weird watching the IT crowd and Benedict Wong pops up in the countdown episode. Oh, what? Yeah, and and because like I was like, holy shit, it's Benedict Wong. And Chanel didn't believe me. I had to like look it up on IMDb and go, no, that is definitely Benedict Wong. Holy shit. (laughs) He's so young. Yeah. Anyway, we're on to our main topic today. It's just a thriller. Thriller. Uh, no, well, I think what's an interesting point is there's this debate with the thrill. Like, what is a thriller? Because people call horrors thrillers. People call thrillers horrors. Yeah, and it's it's sort of a, a maybe a sticking point for hardcore horror fans. But then uh, the people- no, it's fucking not okay. Because I'm part of that stupid fucking horror group on Facebook, and I swear I'm only there to frustrate <laughs> myself more. <laughs> the amount of times they're like, oh, you know what horror movie I love? Silence of the Lambs." And I'm like, "You're a fucking idiot, people." No, it's a but thriller. like, like for example, but like I'm talking more. So in the the realm of the people who try and like classify horror movies as thrillers to make them seem more prestigious, like oh, right. I don't know if you oh, saw okay. the, tra- the like the latest, like you know how they always do a trailer for a movie after it's out in cinemas to get more people to watch. Yeah, they did one for Halloween and they're calling it the thriller of the year. And you're like, um, no, <laughs> it's a slasher, it's a horror. Like I get that there's crossover, but there's crossover between comedy and drama. But you don't you don't go and call Bridesmaids the drama of the year. You don't call atonement a laugh out loud comedy. Like it just doesn't work. But you can give the Martian the comedy golden globe. (laughs) But so did the tourist, you know, and that's like a weird thriller about Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie in, in Europe doing stuff that rich people do. It's it's (laughs) obscene, but I thought, you know, it's a kind of a huge debate going on, especially like, like get out was, it's a social thriller, not a horror. Yeah, no, I'd say get out's a thriller. No. You'd say it's a horror? It's a horror. To me, okay, so what do you what do you classify as a horror and what do you classify as a thriller? Oh, I would say 
thrillers are more about suspense and anxiety. Like I feel like thrillers are more about the way I feel watching it rather than, Oh, actually, you know what? No, but I'd say hereditary is a horror more than a thriller. Yeah. But that definitely made me so anxious. And like the witch is full of suspense. Yeah. See, I don't think it's suspense. What about you, Zane? What do you classify? Because I have an answer for this, but I want to hear yours. Um, I think horror has a lot more to do with the other, whereas thrillers is more about humans and like humans doing human things. Yeah. Um, so horror movies would usually have Pure a monster. evil. <laughs> or have a monster that they're fighting against. Yeah. Whereas the, the thriller that I always go down to that kind of epitomizes the genre for me is misery. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, it's humans yeah. being. I totally didn't humans. think of that as a thriller, but now I'm like, yeah, it's 100 percent a thriller. It's definitely a thriller. So I think something like Get Out, depending on your definition of other, yeah, definitely could be viewed as a horror or a thriller. White people are monsters; they're not. And humans. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that they are mutually exclusive. Though I think there, there is definitely um, a hard. I think there is a hard line when you're talking about something like Silence of the Lambs. Like mm. that is not. A horror. Yeah, to me, Silence of the Lambs is not a horror because, so for for me, like horror is about trauma and the thriller is about pursuit. To me, it's sort of the way I sort of break it down. Even a contained pursuit like Panic Room, which is one of my favourite thrillers of all time, there's sort of this... And that's why we've got our top five is like chase scenes because it's there's a it's it's about an inherent chase as opposed mm. to sort of trauma surviving trauma and all that kind of thing. So thrillers always have like a momentum or a ticking clock mm. yeah. to them, whereas a horror is, they can, but mm. they don't have to. I think horror can bleed more into thriller than thriller can bleed into horror. Sorry, sorry, thriller bleeds yeah, more into horror say, yes. than yeah. horror bleeds into thriller. Because thriller, you can, part of the escalation can be into horror. Yeah, because it's, don't it's, breathe is a really is phenomenal example of that. into what happens when you're captured yeah. and the story after that. Yeah. Whereas horror, you start out, well, if, if your horror doesn't incorporate thriller elements, then... yeah. Well, like hereditary is yeah. is sort of doesn't or hereditary draws from the family drama and pulls the horror whereas like yeah. whereas the thriller is more in it, its own sort of thing. Um, I've got he like thrillers. The thrillers are a lot less driven by unequivocal morals, whereas horrors are kind of really making a hard statement. Whereas thrillers are almost always built on the upending of your preconceived notions mm. of. Of, of the morals, even within the story. So, like, or, on a very basic level, if you're Jason Voorhees, don't have premarital sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or yeah. even even Hereditary, it's about the evils passed down from yeah. from, from family members or, or morals being questioned in thrillers, like, say, for example, a spy thriller, because that's sort of like the, the instigation mostly of what we know as the thriller. So the history of the genre. <laughs> yeah. I made a segue, people. Um, <laughs> Segways then, don't work when you point them out. Uh, but the, the history, so it, it, I mean. <laughs> you do it as well. <laughs> I know. But, but I um, am self-aware of that I cannot do segues. <laughs> the, the thriller as we sort of know it kicked off with the revenge thriller in terms of like books and literary sort of stuff, yeah. the, the Dumas stuff. It's that adventure thriller, but it was more, you know, Monte, the Count of Monte Cristo was a revenge thriller. Um, but the the themes are darker, you know. They're revolving around turncoats and all that kind of stuff. But at the start of the twentieth century, the spy novel uh, was invented, and thus the thriller as we know it. Yeah, I was going to say red herrings are very much a thriller thing. Well, they're they're, they're a murder, they're a mystery thing, but mystery and thrillers are one of those genres that kind of interweave yeah. as well. But uh, it was born. What's funny is that the thriller sort of genre was kind of born around the same time as cinema, the very early nineteen hundreds with right. the spy. So the spy thriller came out. There was one that was used an example in like nineteen oh six. So around about the same turn of the century, kind of thing was the thriller. They're usually dealing with uh, crime and criminals. Uh, underworlds, false identities, questionable trust, crossed with several other genres, um, and there's a lot of subgenres in the thriller. Oh, I, I feel like thriller is the most subgenre-y genre. Yeah, yeah, and I've kind of got a few here. I've got there's the action thriller, so like mm. the Jason Bourne movies, uh, or, or uh, Mission Impossible, which yeah. also go into like the spy, spy thriller. thriller. 
uh, the but cycle. Then you can have the spy thriller like um, uh, Tinker Tailor Tinker 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 Tailor Soldier Spy, Soldier which spy. is like a no action. Scene. Yeah, no like, action oh, spy thriller. I love Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies. Yes, yeah, that's a hundred percent a drama spy drama the thriller. Title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the psychological thriller. Uh, mm. Like the weirdly, the one that comes to mind is hide and seek, the one with uh, Dakota Fanning and Robert De Niro. Does anyone remember that movie? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, ish. I mean, I, also Black Swan, kind of. Yep. Yeah. Yep. One hundred percent. That's the drama thriller yeah. to me. Uh, political thriller, Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. Uh, Vantage Point. Uh, what's that other one that just happened? Like the like all of those presidents. George Clooney one. Uh, Michael Clayton. Uh, no, that is a legal thriller, which is well. also another genre. <laughs> uh, they the legal thrillers usually deal with like mobsters and stuff. The yep. firm, those John Grishamy kind of things. Mm. Uh, the erotic thriller, mm. as which we were gonna we we still have, we need we to still, do. Yeah, episode, I was gonna see, say, I need did to actually, we ever do that episode? I haven't really watched any. I haven't even watched because well, they haven't I mean, come out in the, the last well, twenty no, no, years. But I haven't watched the. Cla- I haven't watched. Uh, the only one I've seen is Basic Instinct, which they made us watch for a cinematography class in uni. Nice, but I haven't watched. And that's like, the only reason you would ever watch that movie. Yes, um, but <laughs> Fatal Fatal Attraction. Yeah, uh, was is like a big one that I haven't seen. There's like like that those ones that came in like the eighties the up to the sort of the beginning of the nineties. I haven't seen any of them. Oh man, missing out. I know, I know. We should do an episode of it, but I need to give me time to sit and watch it all. And I'm trying to. Watch. Are there any gay erotic thrillers? Not really. Not we properly produced. Okay. I would kill. There you. are a lot of gay erotic <laughs> thrillers. But the quality is not. Yeah, uh, I yeah. was really hoping you were just. It's like say the, they I sent you porn. that trailer for. Did I send you the trailer for Hellbent? Oh yeah, you did. No, well, that's okay. like a gay slasher. But then I sent you that one for like the brotherhood, the, the clan, or whatever the fuck yeah. it was, number four. And it's like this really bad gay werewolf killing <laughs> movie. And there's like military. It's so fucking. They're very trashy. But without, I don't think they're ironic enough to <laughs> to work. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, so the erotic thriller and the legal thriller. Um, the uh, whatever got odd. The preference. I have my notes are, are terrible. I wrote these late at night. Uh, the preference of horror over horror being that the origin. Oh, sorry. I found it odd that people like to try and make horrors more prestigious by calling them thrillers rather than horrors, considering that the origin of the thriller is like. Pulp fiction, yeah. which is like the trash fiction of yeah, its time. Yeah. I just found that like really weird that now we consider thrillers to be like high art, something like Widows, which is getting a huge amount of yeah. I was gonna try and see that last night and I, I didn't get around to it. I should have just come to set then. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh but so common tropes and stylistic aspects. What have we got? Good question. <laughs> I, I see, whenever I think of, think of the tropes of a thriller, I never think of visuals. I'm I always think of the way it makes me feel. Yeah. The way it's just like, oh, it's so intense. Yeah. Lots of close-ups. Lots of close-ups. And yeah. the score is very important. Yeah. Oh, actually, very you know modern what? also, very modern scores. You rarely hear like string orchestras yeah. In, yeah. A, in a thriller. Uh, cold. It always looks cold. Yeah. 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 Um, I've got, I've got, so they're usually really heavy on exposition, like spy thrillers, especially oh, like yeah. Mission Impossible, like the exposition dump is a huge thing. <laughs> and I tried... I was really foolish in film school in I tried to do I was obsessed with political thrillers at the time because I liked salt and I like I know exactly what you're gonna talk about thing. Now. <laughs> yes, you do. Um and I made a short called Silent and I wanted to try and see if you could do a political thriller without the exposition. You could just present the tone and and have an audience try and do the legwork. Mm. And it doesn't work. <laughs> it really doesn't work. It just gets confusing. Like it it's one of those genres where exposition is so necessary yeah it's not like this sort of thing that needs to happen in little bits and drabs and you can cover it you kind of just need to dump a shit ton of exposition up front preferably you know you do and that's why usually they'll start with like a chase and then exposition dump you know there's always the end of the first mission in the mission impossible then the giant next mission drop and then it's just chases Uh, exactly the same as james bond james bond always has the cold open of oh we're doing some sick spy shit look at our sick spy shit by the way Whole bunch of stuff that has to go on. I'm going to talk about that for the next ten minutes. And, and then the briefing with you. the chief or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. And but it, it it's weird. And like and I found that out 
especially mm. with a political thriller, yeah. like political thrillers, because you have to set up whatever the political conflict is, even if it's something really well known, like JFK, yep. from what, I haven't seen it, but from what I understand, JFK is like a three hour long legal thriller, essentially. But um, so, and then basically it goes after that, it's an endless chase to get whatever they've set out to get the goal or everything. Yep. Chase scenes, big, chase scenes big, one, yeah. Yeah. big foot chase, car chase, train chases, you know, they're, they're just galore. But also- uh, I guess tying into that chase is also the the ticking clock. Yeah, so it's not always like physically chasing someone. It's it's like rushing to beat this yeah. event from happening. Yeah. yeah, and in modern days, you also have like the hacking chase on the web, yeah. which is an interesting like people hack like like hacking wars that are going. And they're trying to get to the thing before, or you know, like. Uh, what's the name in Die Hard 4 is, yep. is, is like that or uh, The Net <laughs> with, <laughs> yeah. with Sandra Bullock. Uh, uh, my my favouritest ever subgenre of thriller is the Liam Neeson action thriller where... That's, yeah, I love that Liam Neeson is the subgenre. Yeah, it's fantastic. Have you seen the... um? Wait, the, c- the commuter. No, I haven't. I've got. It I've is got it. so fucking good. Is I it? loved it. I really. Apparently, there's a really cool shot in the middle of it somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there, there's a great um Kingsman style fight scene. Oh cool. Where where it's it, where it's like obviously CGI together, but it flows really well. I've been I've been trying to watch that for a while because my sister loves Liam Neeson movies. Stan. Yeah, my sister loves Liam Neeson movies, so we're gonna watch it. And then she's like, "Oh, I don't feel like." I'm like, "Come on, it's a Liam Neeson movie." But I think she was burned a bit by nonstop. I took it a nonstop. Oh I don't okay, think yeah. She liked it. <laughs> That's the plain one, right? That's the plain one. That was exactly what happened with me and Chanel. I was like, we got to watch the commuter come on. And she'd been burnt by nonstop. Um, (laughs) Especially since this is, we're going from Liam Neeson on a plane to Liam Neeson on a train. Yeah. Uh, But no, she really loved it. And that's that's like, that's like my level of, is the movie good? Uh, (laughs) Because I like Sharknado. I love Taken though. I love Taken. Taken is is, fantastic. Phenomenal. And that's like a political thriller almost. Mm. Almost. It's kind of this really dark thing. Uh, The Pulp Origins, a big one is the, femme fatale yeah uh especially in the liam neeson movies uh mm. did you ever see that one unknown oh with, yeah i read uh, the book diane kruger yeah. there's a book yeah it's based on a, a short book that's like you can read it in like an hour oh really it's a, it's a pulp fiction novel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and diane kruger's like the femme fatale yeah. and so it has like a noirs with sort of the early thrillers it mm. crimes mobs darkness and all that kind of thing dark scenery like you were saying smoky underbellies shady nightclubs back alley deals phone calls in like really sterile rooms as yep. well is a really common thing honestly everything you're saying right now i'm just thinking of uh the not the spirit brothers fuck the the fargo brothers what are the Cohen brothers Cohen the Cone brothers. brothers how fargo brothers <laughs> all i can think of is fargo okay <laughs> well, they, they pretty much every movie they do is a noir yeah of some so kind. so it has all those like thriller yeah. aspects in it yeah. because of the tie-in with noir except when they do comedy they do really bizarre comedy like, well, they're uh, like raising comedies. arizona is like but raising arizona doesn't have any of the thriller aspects other than a chase scene uh, i'm gonna speak about oh fuck it i'll speak it out now what i've been watching uh have you seen suburbicon uh george no, Clooney's most recent film uh the inter- i didn't realize that coen brothers had written it i don't want to say it's bad it's definitely his weirdest film and the entire time i was like fuck this feels like a coen brothers film so <laughs> much and then at the end it's like written by the coen brothers and george clooney i was like oh well yeah that that <laughs> yeah. really makes sense yeah it totally it's very weird it's the, the the journey you're going on is kind of from the point of view of this kid but at the same time you're getting some information that is not and you're trying to contextualize stuff as it's happening and it just gets weirder and fucking weirder. And when it finally all clicks, you're like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Um, Crooked cops are a big trope, big trope. Uh, Turncoats. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's a crooked cop is just a turncoat. Yeah. Well, I mean like the turncoat is in like the person on the team is behind or he was leaking. He was the mole, like moles, that kind of thing. And the giant third act twists. Yeah, uh, made popular by M Night Shyamalan. So, what makes like a bad thriller? Predictability. That's that's the first thing. If I if I if I'm not feeling suspense, if I'm like, yeah, you're about to do this thing, and you did, then yeah, what's the thrilling aspect? Yeah, yeah. I think zero character work is always a bad yeah. one as well because it's. Yes, it relies so much on information, but if you don't give a shit who's chasing after what, you don't. <laughs> It's not enough to say there's a bomb that's going to blow up people. Who's it going to blow up? It's going to blow up children. Uh, you know, is the person a school teacher? You know, it's it's. And I read this thing. Someone was pointing out that what's happened lately is that we've stopped having the movie about the regular Joe 
in un, in irregular circumstances, yeah. and it's about like this super capable person, skyscraper. Yeah, skyscraper. Or- skyscraper where they're like, oh look, it's like Die Hard, except he's the fucking rock. And he's only got one leg, but he's the fucking rock. So that's not going to stop him. And, and he even, jumps even, so Even far. Die Hard went yeah, from Die the hard, regular guy yeah. into the the guy who can throw motorcycles into helicopters at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And people kind of point out that that's maybe why we're tuning out as much. Can Zane get political? So Zane get political. By <laughs> all means. I mean, wrong uh, podcast. Isn't that... Uh, a new world order. A new world order. <laughs> Available on that's not counterproductions.com. But uh, by all means, do a crossover. <laughs> uh, I, I think definitely the competency porn is. Oh, that's such a great that, word yeah. for it. Yeah. Back when uh, like this, this was the, the, the kernel that thought I wrote like a five minute bit about competency porn and why it's ridiculous. Um, but it, it, it is a form of aspirational capitalism. It's like these people exist and can do all of these things. Why can't you? You should, and until you can, you don't deserve to be successful. Oh my god! Kind of it like is so people, true. like oh well, the Kardashians are super rich and they did it from a sex tape. So I guess I can be super rich if I just try harder. Therefore, give them tax breaks. So when I'm rich, I get tax breaks. Yeah. Um, I oh think my god, that's, it's so true. Mm. And and back in the day, it used to be the person because I remember like all those older sort of screenwriting manuals. They're like, give yeah. your person something they're really good at. Yeah. But then usually the the force of antagonism mm. is usually the thing they can't fix with that skill, and then they have to yeah. learn a new. And that's how the character grows. But now it's been make them good at absolutely everything. They can hack. They can do makeup. They can do all of this sort of stuff, and they're great with the. The late, I'd love to see like a, a cop who's like a spy movie about the spy who's really good at everything except like seducing people, and then he has to do like a honeypot thing. Uh, that was that was my idea for if I ever did a sequel to L Plates, it would all be about seduction. The fact that she just doesn't know how. Oh my god, that's a brilliant sequel. <laughs> Is it called P Plates? Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh my of course god, it's gonna be called P Please do this movie. <laughs> I want to see it. But yeah, like like I, I that's what I that's what ma- and that was what makes those movies interesting. And so when they can like. That's why when they like the whole thing is that they just overpower the evil guy. Mm. It's kind of mm. like, well, okay, but like I didn't care about it in the beginning. But see, everyone fucking loves it. They they love well, competency no, porn. Yeah, they they <laughs> love competency porn because it, it is kind of like when you're putting yourself in the hero's shoes, you get to say, "I'm doing this." That's I would do this in this situation. See, if I'm I like had I'm, his abilities. My, my self esteem is such that I go, I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd well, be terrible. We've got low self esteem. But, but in your head, it is ah. Oh, so if I'm the Rock and I can bench press a million kilos, <laughs> then why doesn't he just bench press a million kilos and solve the problem? Yeah, yeah. It's like because if you're preempting his next step then you're taking credit for what he achieves. Oh, ah. that's really cool. I actually like that. That's a really great, there should be like a video <laughs> essay on that or something like that. Um, I think bad thrillers that hinge on the twist mm. where, you know, so once you know it, you no longer invest in the film late career Shyamalan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe newer career Shyamalan, not so much, because even Split, yeah. even Mid if you- Mid-career Shyamalan. Mid-career Shyamalan, because apparently he's had a renaissance. But even Split, like if you take out, the ending of Split, the twist. The mm. movie doesn't hinge on it at all. The twist is oh, an afterthought, which you, kind of adds to what's it. Which the I twist really... you're talking about? You're talking about the, the connection Willis? to the yeah. Because I didn't feel like that was the twist. There was a huge story, and there was like, by the way, fucking Bruce Willis is in it. And I was like, oh my god, that's yeah. great. And that to me is a really good. Yeah. And I think maybe that's. I hope that's where he's kind of going with his new career. Is that he's kind of like because well, even something like The Visit was terrible. Yeah, not the grandparents. <laughs> No one bothered to check. These parents sent their kids to people they haven't seen in years and didn't check any details whatsoever. Mom, you look different. (laughs) Here's my kids. Well, the thing, the joke being that they never see that, like they, the kids don't see the parents, the parents, like they, they, it's like a miscommunication thing. And you're just like, that's a lot for parents sending their kids away somewhere. That's just a lot to buy in and not thrilling enough. Like you said, if you're not, on the edge of your seat at parts. It's not really a good thriller. Uh, villains. Um, oh, th- you know what a great thriller was? 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's weird because that really has an aspect of the other. 
but that's not what's scary. What's scary is John yeah. fucking Goodman. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. It kind of switches around at the end, which is why I think so many people felt betrayed at the end because yeah. it's like, See, oh, I felt well, so rewarded at the end. <laughs> well, I think I, I'm the only person who I, did. I, I didn't hate it. It was just kind of like that's a whole other story that didn't pay off in any way for me. Right. Uh, whereas the whole tension building through the film just disappeared at the end. See, to me it was the payoff of it's like a parallel story. He's been saying these conspiracy <laughs> things and he's obviously crazy. Yeah. It just happens that he happens he's to be right, right at the same <laughs> yeah. thing, but he doesn't. He maybe doesn't even know that he's right, which mm. I just love that kind of weird kind of fuckery of your head. I think the issue with the end, because I loved it, I think it's got a double climax because there's the John Goodman climax and you could end the film with her just getting out, close the film. You don't know what's happened. Mm-hmm. They've given an extra climax to go, by the way, he was right. Yeah. Fuck everything you believe. Yeah. Um, whereas something like... Oh, the Cloverfield paradox. Cloverfield paradox. <laughs> the, yeah, it's characters we don't care about and too much exposition. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, I think villains are key for this genre because if the force of antagonism isn't mm. good enough, the chase feels boring. Well, yeah. that's the thing. You need, you need stakes to fight against. Yeah. And a villain, a good villain provides stakes, even if you don't know a lot about what is actually going on. Yeah. yeah. Knowing that there is someone actively working against you provides, uh, you can make up, the the process in your own head. Yeah, Mission That's Impossible three. 3. Yeah, I was yeah. just about to bring that up. I was like, Mission Impossible 3 is probably one of the best force of antagonism. And it's not even like, there's nothing unique in terms of he's not like some out there character you've never seen before. He's yeah. just such a well-executed villain. He mm. just works and he's he gives the story such like propulsion. Yeah. I, I adore it. Um, I think lack of set pieces or too many set pieces is also a problem. It's actually like a really fine balance because it's not an action movie, like a yeah. hard action movie and it's not a drama. It has to kind of sit between the two. And it's a weird balance that I kind of notice. I'm like, yeah, actually some of the worst thrillers, are the ones where there's just like excessive action. So a lot of those Dwayne Johnson kind of things. Yeah. And then some of the, also the ones are the ones that are really boring where there's not enough action going on. It's, there's a, there's a balance between intrigue and chaos. Yeah. And that's where the thriller kind of. That, that, that's what I love about the commuter. So the commuter is not really action until like there, when it has its set pieces, it's like so fucking intense, but it's all the build yeah. up to what is happening to him. Yeah. Uh, so what makes a great thriller? <laughs> I guess we kind of answered Liam it. Neeson. The Liam more Liam Neeson, the better. <laughs> Uh, have you seen that Run All Night? I haven't seen that one. No, I haven't actually. No, have you seen that one? Zane? I have not. No, I have. That one was right after um, the plane one. So yeah. Chanel was too far back. To- <laughs> um, I, I, I think you, you have to give a shit about the chase in a yeah. good thriller. And I like it personally if you don't know whether or not they're going to make it unscathed. Yeah. To me. Well, that's what makes the human aspect of a thriller so great. That's what makes die. die Hard so great. But that's why this, that sort of genre is dying out with the competency porn because mm. they're never going – like that's the one thing I, I, I get pissed off with, I guess, you know, prequels and things. When you know they're not going to die, yeah. you know they're going to make it. Putting them in jeopardy of dying doesn't carry any weight at all. Yeah. And it's way, to me it's wasted screen time. Um, I really like personally. I really love contained thrillers, mm. and they're really something like Buried. Yeah, I was going to say it's a really great movie that doesn't leave a box, you know. And there's a really great script. It's being turned into a movie with Anne Hathaway. It's called oh, I can't remember what it was called. It's basically Buried, but sci-fi, okay. like hard sci-fi. She's like in a, a high-tech um, coffin, essentially mm. in what she assumes is some kind of like orbiting satellite or something. Her ox- oh, so it's, it's called O2. That's right. It's O2 because right. her O2 levels are running out for the whole movie. So there's that ticking clock yeah, yeah. and everything. And I read the script and it's like a fucking page turner. It's really, mm. really good. I can't wait to see it on a cinema because I freaking, if it's done well, it could be just like really top notch. I think it's an Australian screenwriter too. Oh, really? She got on the blacklist with it and that's how I sort of found out about it. But it's really, that one's coming out next year, the year after. I think they're filming it. So oh, awesome. Uh, but it, I mean, it's a box and one actor, and so it's really good. So it's and it's really really works. But, uh, but it's uh, a know, sci-fi box. Panic Room, which is probably my favorite thriller yeah. of all time, and that's like it's contained, and then he does just all of this extra shit with the camera that's <laughs> just glorious, like it's flying through kettle handles and shit like that. Well, uh, Red Eye, Red Eye, I love yeah. Red Eye. That's a great thriller, and that's 
from Wes Craven who did horror. So there's that crossover. Yeah. You know, you get a bit of the gore in there, you know, the pen through the neck and stuff like that. But it's definitely a chase yeah. and a ticking clock. And, you know, there's a bomb. Usually there's a bomb or an explosive, which aren't always in horror movies. Uh, any other any other points, horror thrillers? No? I like that we focus so much on the bad and we're like, good when it's good. You I know? mean, it's good. well, we focus, you know, because when you talk about the bad, you can't like, yeah, I, I always it, find, I do this a lot in our notes <laughs> and I realize that like, it's kind of the same point because when you're talking about what's bad. Yeah, because the main thing good. I was going to say was character. You want characters you care about. Yeah. Character, 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 character. But we went into that so much Is about the bad. Is there a genre that doesn't rely on characters, do you reckon? Comedy. I don't really? know. I find, I find uh, like Death at a Funeral is my favorite comedy. Yeah, but- that you don't deeply explore character or character. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, but it relies on character. Like if all the characters character in a comedy archetype. are the very same kind of personality type, it rarely works, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, people still buy It's not an exploration of those No, no, types. okay, yeah. So yeah. that's when, when we're talking about character, we're exploring it's, it's, like it's, character motivations and character growth and, yeah. and history, et cetera. Yeah, okay, Whereas yeah, comedy yeah. is really like th- you are a mess of a 30-year-old woman desperate <laughs> to have a baby. They said it at the beginning and then and then yeah. it's the same thing yeah. kind of yeah. gone through. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, so I thought we'd do our top five chase scenes. I thought that'd be an interesting thing. I did deliberately leave one of my top five because I feel like it's going to be on yours. I think I know. Well, um, I d- deliberately left. I cut it out of mine after you said what you were watching this week. So Yeah, well, I've, I've, <laughs> you know, that'll, that'll show. I'll do mine because I've got a fair yeah, few. Yeah, go ahead. Um, my honourable mentions, I've got the Millennium Falcon chase from The Force Awakens. Yeah. Because that, when I saw it, because I saw that again when The Last Jedi came out and it'd been like a couple of years since I'd seen it. And I watch, I'm like, that chase works. It's a really good, fun, thrilling chase. There's nostalgia, but it's also kind of works without the nostalgia. Uh, The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. The Highway Chase. uh, Didn't even put that on my list. Really? I would have thought that would have been on your list. No, uh, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not particularly thrilled by (laughs) chasing for the sake of chasing and cars smashing for the sake of cars smashing. Okay, so I'm yeah. guessing you don't have Fast and Furious anywhere on your list? That is good. is correct. Ah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, <laughs> I've got uh, one from a movie from last year called The Villainess and it's like a, it's a motorcycle chase that turns into a sword fight and they're doing all I've, I've shown this clip to a couple of people and they're like, How the, what the... F-? Like it's very out there visually. There's like super wide lenses. The, the camera is going between the wheels of a motorcycle and up and under and stuff oh, wow. like that. They're doing some really cool stuff visually. The movie itself is kind of crap. Like like the, the, the exposition dumps between the yeah. set pieces are really boring, but the set piece is really cool. And that motorcycle chase is really fun. Uh, chasing the creepy thin man in Charlie's angels. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I adore that sequence. And you hear that music. Dun, 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 like, like I, and you know, it turns into the fight scene and everything like that. I think it's a really compelling moment in a, I think that movie is very underrated. No, I think it's I a very, agree. very good, very fun movie. Uh, I got the helicopter chase in mission impossible five. Yep. Because that's it's yeah. for, Technical reasons, it they yeah, did it. I, I get it. <laughs> I for for a, a a franchise that is known for its like chase scenes, big stunt chase scenes. I was totally nonplussed by that. Really, whole thing. See, really, what yeah. got me with that scene was the fact that it was the type. It was the the, the bomb. Yeah, he yeah. had to get him so he could get the bomb so we could stop the bomb before it blew up everyone. Yeah. And during that time, they're spinning in fucking helicopters and then falling I, I, down I cliffs. Appreciate, I, like, visually, I prefer like the motorcycle chase from Rogue, One, Rogue Nation, but I appreciate the practicalities of... That's, that's not an easy task to have Henry Cavill and Tom, Tom Cruise flying helicopters and smashing into each other. And I'm real. sure that it was Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill actually flying. It's Tom Cruise. I know Henry, Henry Cavill didn't do most yeah. of his, the most of the, he did a lot, but he didn't do. Wait, yeah, did Tom everything. Cruise actually learn how to fly a fucking helicopter? Yeah, yeah he did. He did. Jesus and he, Christ, from Tom what Cruise. I understand the on set. The power of Scientology. Yes. Clearly. From what I understand, it, it, he makes the insurance people very nervous on those films, but because he's basically the producer on it, he's yeah. like, it's my movie. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Uh, and then my last one on honorable mentions is the motorcycle chase from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I fucking and that came oh, yeah, up yeah. last time we talked about music cues. Yeah, where it's, it's it's scherzo for motorcycle and orchestra. Yeah, <laughs> I really love that chase. I really love that chase. Uh, so my number five is Thelma, Thelma and Louise, the yep, final obviously. chase in Thelma and Louise. That's the most character driven chase ever. Oh, I yeah, reckon sure. it's Absolutely. so emotional. 
I love it. I love it. I think that's my favorite. Remember when Ridley, Ridley Scott, Scott made good films? <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite Ridley Scott movie, I think. And oh, Alien. Really? Alien and, and Thelma and Louise are kind of paid. And they're such different movies. Yeah. Uh, number four, it's kind of a tie of just entire movies. Uh, the whole of Fury Road and Speed and Duel. All right. Well, I have to take off Fury <laughs> No, Road. don't take them off. Don't take them off. Uh, number three is the final chase from the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Because, dear God, that is just so extra. It's phenomenal. The army, when the army's coming, going, hut, 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 hut. it's like, I was watching this. I'm like, they've got helicopters and tanks. And just, it's so fucking great. I love it. I love it. Uh, number two is one I only saw for the first time this year. It's the final chase from What's Up Doc, which is like, cut. it's so good. We have to watch that movie, okay, Chance, yeah. because it's so fucking good. It's like the there's a there's a scene where there's like people moving the pane of glass and then cars like <laughs> miss, narrowly miss it and they're doing it for real it's really because it's like a looney tunes cartoon made real life it's really fucking awesome great. uh i've got and then number one it's the truck chase from the dark knight okay yep that is epic in scope and scale and practicalities and t- i mean a stuntman died to make that sequence which is pretty <laughs> tragic but like it 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 looks great every time I see that. He goes, he, his family goes on today knowing the pride that they've gone <laughs> to your number one top spot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, do you, Chance or Zane? Uh, I'll go because I've already had to get rid of Mad Max Fury Road as number four. But number five is the opening chasing to Skyfall. Yes. It, 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 we don't know the motivation behind it, but it's just so visceral and it's just you're in there straight away. It's, it's yeah. re- And the way it ends, it's just good stuff. Number four is Mad I love Max the, Fury Road. Sorry, I was going to say, oh, I yeah. love the button at the end of the Skyfall chase, the cue into the song. It's the best cue into a yep. Bond song ever. But yeah, continue. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road, uh, the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't I do Mad Max 2? The, the first Canyon road chase. One. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. It's something different. Uh, I'm going for the motorcycle chase in uh, Rogue Nation. Yes. That just- uh, that, and I, to me, I, 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 like, I love that the, the, the Arc de Triomphe is in number five, but I actually like the motorcycle chase from Rogue Nation better than the motorcycle chase yeah. in Fallout. Now, fair, fair call. Uh, and then my top two are for very specific reasons. These are the ones I actually put a lot of thought into. First one is from Hot Fuzz. The end chasing. I'm glad a comedy made it on here. Yes. Well, Blues Brothers. What's up, Doc? Thank you very much. Is yeah. a comedic. That You're is a right. comedy. It's a screwball comedy. <laughs> Thank you very much. But yeah, because it is a visceral chasing on straight roads. Yeah. It was what uh, it, it was. It, the first idea they had for Hot Fuzz was they wanted to do a chasing in the country where it's just a straight road <laughs> and then it's a straight road and it's more straight road. I need to, uh, that's my favorite Edgar Wright. I reckon I need to watch it again. I, I think it's mine as well. It, it's that or Shaun of the dead because of my zombie film love. Um, and my number one is kind of a joke. It is the end to the first saw film where it is literally just Danny Glover in a car rocking the steering wheel <laughs> while they zoom in and out. And that oh, was because, yeah. and I only noticed it because I, I, I um, listened to the DVD commentary and watched the BTS. And a lot of that film, they just didn't have coverage of. So they yeah. were like, fuck, what do we do? They had BTS shots that they just slap in the movie. So whenever he like goes to take photos or whatever, it goes boom, boom, photo, photo, photo. They're just BTS shots yeah, yeah. that they just stuck in the movie. Oh my God, really? <laughs> and they had literally no budget at all. It was all sucked up before yeah. they did the chase scene. So they're like, well, fuck it. They were in the warehouse that the car is in and they just stuck Danny Glover in it and just went in and out and <laughs> in and out. And oh great God. stuff. That's excellent. <laughs> That's amazing to hear that. Like, and it works. It's a giant hit franchise. Oh, once you know it and you watch it, it is hilarious. But in the meantime, it's great. Uh, Zane, top five, hit me with it. Okay, so I've taken Mad Max Fury Road off my top (laughs) of the list um, because, of course, it is a fantastic scene. Also, I took Blues Brothers off because you've all mentioned (laughs) it. Um, But North by Northwest. Yeah. Which I have yet to see. I own it on Blu-ray. It's really high on my pile. I'm surprised you should see it. Today. It is very well. They're doing a theater show of it. I saw a billboard for a theater presentation of North by Northwest. Yeah, I'm wondering how that works. Exactly. They just project the plane on the back oh, okay, of the yeah, wall, yeah, which yeah. seems really. Uh, and Vanishing Point is my other. I haven't like, seen that either. Very yeah, classic cool. chase. Uh, these are just honorable mentions. Then I've got four comedies. It's a mad, 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 mad world. The entire movie? Still haven't entire seen it. The entire movie. Yes. Still haven't seen you it. You need to see this, yeah. Shane. Okay. You will love this okay. movie. I'm just worried that I won't get the, the celebrity-ness you of it. will. <laughs> see, it doesn't 
Yeah, really it doesn't matter. hinge on the celebrity. There, there are a few shots where I was like, oh, well, that's the three stooges. So I get why yeah, they did yeah. that shot, but it never felt forced. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Chase God, why didn't we? <laughs> uh, and Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that one where, yet. <laughs> oh, Kung is Fu Hustle good? is a super only, underrated movie. The only copy I could find was one where it's dubbed in English. Is it meant to be yes, dubbed? Yes, that's, that's yeah, the that's, point. That's it. Yeah. They make jokes about that the whole way through. Yeah. Okay. Uh, th- yeah. That's the one where the dog barks and like yeah. three seconds later you hear the dog yeah. bark. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I just assumed I was watching a real, like, cause I, I was like, I was like, I want to watch the films in the original language. That is it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, will, I will put that. Okay. I'll put that on. <laughs> I'll put that on my list. Uh, and then my fourth comedy gets me into the top five, which is Happy Feet. Where the sea lion is chasing the penguin. Oh yeah, yeah. Because George Miller, mate. Up until then, it is a happy-go-lucky baby musical. penguin musical, <laughs> and then suddenly you have things trying to kill them. Yeah, and you have killer whales throwing penguins about. I'm like, come on, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super suspenseful. Again, another whole movie. Run a little run. Number four. Oh yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that, but that's on the list. Chain. I know, I know. It's a classic. I'm working through my list. I got to do all the Orson Welles stuff. And one that I'm very surprised has not come up on either of your list is District B13. I haven't seen that one. The original like park. It's a park movie. No, I haven't seen it. I know of it. It came out when I was working the video store up in Darwin, and I borrowed it out one time and didn't watch it. It's very good. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, like there's a lot of, yeah. I'll let you watch it. I'm interested in what you think. Again, another whole movie, Inception. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Especially towards the end, it yeah. really ramps up. Everyone's ch- it's like yeah. seven chases going on in parallel dreams. Yeah. yeah. No, I 100%. And number one, it's not a surprise, it's death proof. Yes. Yeah. I um, deliberately left this off because I was yeah. like, that final 20 minute chase is bonkers. Yeah. And <laughs> to the, me. It's, it's character driven, but it's also stunt heavy. Yeah. Very, also all, very practical. all practical. Um, yeah. That he was his own cinematographer on that too is really yeah. quite something because that sequence, I remember when I first saw the movie and I was like, I've said this a couple of times, but I was just like, eh. And then we went and saw it on a cinema and I watched on a cinema for the first time. I'm like, fuck that chase is one of the yeah. best car chases I've ever fucking and seen. And it has the switch around right in the middle. Yeah. yeah, which is yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, that makes for a very good time, a very good thing. Thank you for being on this episode, Zane. You're uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, if you want to let us know what your favorite chases are, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers. You can email us if you have a top five list. We might want, we might be reading out people's top five lists if that is something that people are willing to email yeah. at motionpicturerangers at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram, sorry, Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. You can find me on Instagram at the Chancester, and you can find Red Curtain Hell, a great thriller, I guess, <laughs> at vimeo.com slash on demand. That's slash red curtain slash hell. red curtain hell. Sorry, I should have said it's on Vimeo demand. Video.com slash on demand slash red curtain hell. Use picture ranges for 20% off your rental or purchase. Oh, thank you for that. There are thriller elements. To yeah, it. there are thriller Turncoats, t- surprise twists, dark alleys, back room deals in quotation marks. Yeah. <laughs> I would have gone back door deals. You can find me at Zane C. Webber on everything or That's Not Canon Productions for all of the things that I do. Awesome. And there's some really great podcasts. The Disney versus Disney debate is amazing. I I really love that podcast. I like that everyone likes it so much. I very much enjoy being the grand master making all (laughs) the decisions. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We have been the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers and you will see you again. We'll hear you again. We'll speak again next (laughs) week. Bork, hello. Bork, bork, hi. You know what you need to be doing? You need to be listening to the Floof and Papa podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Taylor. And we're going to talk about all things dogs. Dog stories. Dog breeds. Dog tips and tricks. Dog puns. Dog jokes. Dog everything. Out if you're not listening. Uh, hit us up at the Floof and Papa podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast.